History lives on through the stories we tell. I'm Peter, and this is Who Died Today, the podcast that explores the lives of famous individuals on the day they passed away. Today, we're delving into the extraordinary life of Michel de Nostradam, better known as Nostradamus. Nostradamus was a renowned seer and astrologer, and we're going to get started learning a little bit about his early life. Michel de Nostradam, or as I'm just going to refer to him from now on as Nostradamus, was born on December 14th, 1503 in Saint-Rémy-de-Provence, France, and his father was Jaume de Nostradam, and his mother's name was Renaire de Nostradam. His father was a successful grain dealer and also a notary. And this kind of ensured that Michel received a comprehensive education in various kind of classical subjects. Despite his family heritage being Jewish, they were really compelled to convert to Catholicism under the rule of King Louis VII. Now, they were going to face expulsion from France otherwise. And Nostradamus's family, they complied, but it came at the cost of playing what they call the Tax of the Neophytes. Nostradamus showed an early aptitude in mathematics, astrology, and languages, and the languages included Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. Both of his grandfathers, who were court physicians, so physicians to pretty high-ranking up people and royalty, basically, they played influential roles in his education, and they taught him medicine, herbal folk medicine, and the forbidden arts of Kabbalah and alchemy. Although the extent of his maternal grandfather's influence kind of remains a little bit uncertain, and this is because Nostradamus developed a keen interest in prophecy from a young age while pursuing that kind of career in medicine. At the age of 15, Nostradamus enrolled in the University of Avignon. However, his studies were cut short when he was forced to leave due to the plague, you know, the Black Death. And for eight years, he traveled across France and neighboring countries, worth working as an apothecary and aiding the different types of people who were afflicted by the plague, which was pretty much everybody. So during this time, he advocated for fresh air, hygiene practices, and the removal of the infected bodies from towns, which kind of seems like common sense when we think of it today. Nostradamus then entered the University of Montpellier as a medical student in 1529. However, due to his disagreements with teachers over medical procedures like bleeding and, you know, again, daily hygiene, he was expelled shortly thereafter without completing his doctorate. Despite this, however, others still referred to Nostradamus as a doctor. In 1531, Nostradamus married a woman named Anne Ponsard Jamel, and together they had two children, Caesar and Madeline. Tragically, during the outbreak of the plague in 1534, Nostradamus lost his wife and both of his children, which deeply affected him and intensified his focus on medical pursuits. It's actually kind of the reason that he's going to start to travel around. After this devastating loss of his family, Nostradamus embarked on extensive travels throughout Europe. He's going to visit regions that are severely affected by the plague and witnessing the suffering that he sees and all of the death that are caused by this epidemic 
the experiences are going to be further fueling his interest in medicine and healing specifically, leading him to develop innovative methods to combat the disease. It was during his travels that Nostradamus began writing and publishing these almanacs, and his first almanac was published in 1550, and it contained astrological and meteorological predictions for the following year. These almanacs gained popularity, and Nostradamus capitalized on his success by incorporating prophecies into subsequent editions. Now, the writing in all of the following kind of stuff is going to be cryptic and really symbolic. It's really up for interpretation, and his prophecies utilized metaphorical language, anagrams, and obscure references to disguise what was truly meant by them. So, in 1555, Nostradamus published his most famous work, Les Prophéties, or in English, The Prophecies. This book is written in the form of quatrains, or four-line poems, and it contained 942 prophecies divided into 10 centuries. Now, it's going to come back, and I'll kind of explain in a little bit why this matters, but basically, I believe it's the 7th century, only contained 42 prophecies, so that's, I think, the 25th century, based on our calendar, but it's the 7th century in the book. It only contained 42. So these prophecies, they cover a wide range of topics, including historical events, natural disasters, wars, uh, individuals' fates, countries' destinies, and even at the time, something that seems a little bit crazy, the fate of a variety of different popes. Now, like I had previously mentioned, Nostradamus employed deliberate obscurity to the quatrains, and he's using cryptic and symbolic language, and that makes the exact interpretation kind of challenging. Despite this deliberate vagueness, though, the fascination has continued. And the reason is, is because he's actually predicted some pretty notable events with some accuracy, right? He has references to the French Revolution, World War II, specifically the rise of Adolf Hitler. And that one's kind of creepy. We'll get into that in a bit. But he also does the Great Fire of London, the attacks on September 11th to the World Trade Center in the United States. So with some sp pretty specific language, he's able to make these pretty bold predictions that end up coming true if you kind of read into them a little bit. The quatrain that contains language about Hitler is actually fairly accurate. And take this as you will, but from the depths of Western Europe, a young child will be born of poor people. He who by his tongue will seduce a great troop his fame will increase towards the realm of the East. The sudden death of the chief man will have changed the political setup and set another in the rulership. Soon, though, coming late to so high and at a low age, he will have to be feared on land and sea. When you kind of read into that a little bit, it does seem a little bit creepy, the fact that Hitler comes from Western Europe right, um, a child born of poor people. Despite facing criticism and skepticism, Nostradamus's reputation as a seer continued to grow, and when he does publish that most famous work, Catherine de' Medici, the queen consort of France, invites him to the royal court due to her interest in astrology and the occult. 
and at this time she becomes Nostradamus's patron. Now, Catherine provided him with financial support and a bunch of other protection. This further enhanced his fame, and Nostradamus even ends up dedicating some of the quatrains to Catherine, solidifying his connection then to the royal court. However, after the death of King Henry II in 1559, Nostradamus's influence at the court generally diminished along with Catherine's. And this leads him to retire to the Salon de Provence, and he continued his work in astrology and focused on generally his writing and his prophecy during this time period. On July 1st of 1566, Nostradamus may have even predicted his own death. The story goes that on the night before his passing, he told his assistant, Jean de Chavigny, that he would not be alive the next morning. True to his words, Nostradamus was found lifeless in his bedroom on July 2nd of 1566. The exact cause of Nostradamus' death remains uncertain, though it's widely believed that it was from complications from gout. And this was a recurring ailment throughout his life and is believed, like I said, to kind of have contributed to his demise. Other theories suggest edema or even cardiovascular disease. Unfortunately, due to the limited records available from the time, we're never going to definitely know the cause of Nostradamus' demise. After Nostradamus' death, several posthumous editions of Le Profetie were published, and some even contained additional quatrains that were not uh, in the original publication. However, again, Due to the time period, due to the record keeping, it's pretty unclear if these quatrains were generally authored by Nostradamus or just added by the editors that came after him. Today, Nostradamus is remembered for his prophecy, which has sparked the interest of countless scholars, enthusiasts, and even a bunch of conspiracy theorists. Books and websites dedicated to interpreting these quatrains are all around. And the ongoing debate and skepticism regarding the accuracy and validity of the interpretations generally has critics dismissing Nostradamus's work and those who really support him to basically really believe it. It's true that he does have these kind of vague and unverifiable facts, but that kind of adds to some of this legacy and adds to some of the kind of complications of Nostradamus. Nevertheless, Les Prophétie played a pivotal role in establishing Nostradamus and his reputation as a seer, and like I said, it continues to captivate readers and provoke discussion, whether seen as genuine prophecies or really intriguing literary works. There is an enduring fascination with this book and Nostradamus as a whole. This is a significant part of his legacy, but we're going to see going forward whether or not he has any other predictions that are seen to come true. And that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode on Nostradamus. He's an enigmatic seer who predicted events from around the world and as we move forward, like I said, we're going to see if more of his predictions come true. 
Join us next time on Who Died Today as we explore the life of another remarkable individual who made an indelible mark on history. I'm your host, Peter, and thank you for listening.